0: Thank you for tuning in to the EAE Podcast, where I'm delighted to welcome you to episode number 50 in our series. I'm Laura Rumbly, Associate Director for Knowledge Development and Research at the EAE. It's the third week of September 2022, and our community has barely caught its breath after wrapping up the 32nd EAE Annual Conference and Exhibition just last week. Never ones to let the grass grow under our feet, however, we're already looking forward with excitement to next year's conference, and we hope you are too. In 2023, our conference theme is Connecting Currents. Soon, we'll be opening the call for proposals from which we're anticipating the ability to build an exciting and varied program that addresses the issues that matter most to the international education community across Europe and beyond. While we prepare to get all of that work underway, we can already get excited about the host city for the 2023 conference, which is, of course, Rotterdam. While guidebooks and official sources will surely offer important insights into Rotterdam, we also thought it might be fun to learn a bit about this Dutch city through a more informal colleague-to-colleague approach, which brings us to Rotterdam resident and long-standing EAAE member Nanette Ripmeister. Nanette is an unabashed fan of the city she's called home for nearly two decades, and she very much hopes that you, as fellow travel lovers and EAE 2023 conference attendees, will love it too. Thank you so much for chatting today, Nanette. It's really great to connect with you. And I'd love to start out with what I might call your personal Rotterdam origin story. I'd like to know how long you've lived in that city and why you happened to settle there.
1: Uh, it's almost 19 years since I'm in Rotterdam. And how did I get here? Um, I'm from the Amsterdam, born and raised. My husband is from Amsterdam, born and raised. And in our relationship, I'd been working abroad. And I always said, if you want to go abroad or have to go abroad for your job, I'll follow wherever we go. And I was hoping on something, well, pretty exotic. And one day he came home and he said, I'd like to accept a job in Rotterdam. And I was like, oh, well... Okay, let's go. Um, I, I'd passed through Rotterdam and thought it was ugly, not nice, and I didn't want to go there. So we, we walked through Rotterdam on, on various occasions. I wasn't really sure what to think of it, but we had a little daughter, and due to his work, he wasn't seeing our daughter very much. So I said, okay, we just have to move to Rotterdam. And that's how we got here, well, close to 19 years ago. And I have to say, I love it here.
0: Oh, fantastic! Okay, so we're going to unpack your love of the city in various ways, but I, I do appreciate the the pull of a job. How many of us are living in places because of those kinds of circumstances? So I think we can all relate to that. So beginning to think about Rotterdam and its place in in your life, but also in in the country, I've really been fascinated by the fact that in the Netherlands, although it's it's a rather small country. It really has quite a notable number of prominent cities. And I think each of them, from my limited experience, have very different look, feel, energy. And I was curious if you could talk about some of the key characteristics about Rotterdam that you think makes it particularly Rotterdam, unique as its own city. Yeah, I think
1: it's, it's fascinating because it's such a small country. You can drive you know, for three hours and you're in a different country, no matter which direction you drive. But the the cities are all very, very distinct with the very distinct vibe. And what I think makes Rotterdam unique, of course, it was bombed in the Second World War. So the the heart of the city is gone, but it's been rebuilt. And it has the most North American look to it when you look at it from the outside. Uh Um, So that's a very distinct thing. If you drive into from various directions, you see high-rise buildings, um, but what I like about it, it's a bit rough on the edges. It has, um, it has a very artistic vibe to it. And what I think makes it very different from, for instance, Amsterdam, is the fact that you can make an impact in this city. If you live here, no matter your age, your background, but you can really have an impact if you want to, you can make an impact. And if you look at young people, things are accessible Uh, You can go to listen to live music. You don't have to queue for everything here. It's accessible, relatively affordable and open and willing to encounter new people.
0: That's super interesting. Do you attribute some of that perhaps to the the port city um, identity of Rotterdam as well? Yeah, I think the fact that it has been a port for
1: for, forever um, has created a certain vibe I don't think many of the Rotterdam people themselves understand how impactful that is, not because of employment, but because of the the vibe of the city. And so I think it has always had different people coming from different places and also an, an interest in getting to know, for instance, the Chinese. So there's more of a melting pot, surprisingly, than, for instance, Amsterdam, where it's much more segregated.
0: Okay, so you've mentioned Amsterdam a couple of times, both um, from your personal origin um, and your your original city to the um, the fact that there are some comparisons that can be made between Amsterdam and Rotterdam. I think there's also a bit of a rivalry between the two cities if I'm not mistaken. and I wonder if you could talk us through that dynamic a little bit. What's the underlying story there?
1: Oh, this is an, a, a really nice one because yes, I do think there's a, a lot of rivalry. And the um, the phone numbers of both cities, um, Amsterdam starts with 0.20 and Rotterdam with 0.10. And <laughs> in Rotterdam, people all refuse to say the word Amsterdam, but say 0.20 about Amsterdam. So that's an, an interesting one. I think it, it mainly boils down to football. And even those that have nothing to do, don't even care uh, who's playing, I have to admit myself, I, I couldn't care less. But I do know when, um, you can even hear it in the city, when Amsterdam and Rotterdam are playing against each other. You can hear who's scoring. Uh, and literally, if Rotterdam, Feyenoord is behind, you feel um, almost a suppressed feeling in the city. So it's the, the rivalry is, I think, strongest from Rotterdam towards Amsterdam. Although I had that discussion recently with my daughter who was born in Amsterdam, but raised in Rotterdam and now living back in Amsterdam. And she was like, well, excuse me, whenever I mention to anybody in Amsterdam, I'm from Rotterdam, they go like, ooh. So I'm not sure if it's only from Rotterdam against Amsterdam. But I think that the rivalry between, um, if you look Eindhoven to take another city, also rivalry with with particularly Amsterdam. And I think the capital city Amsterdam has not made many friends. I personally have to admit, when I was living in, in Amsterdam, I was living in the city center. And when somebody said, oh, there's a, there's a meeting happening in uh, Haarlem, which is like 30 kilometers away, like nothing, I would say, oh, do I have to go all the way to Haarlem? Whereas, whereas now I'm in... Rotterdam and you would say Maastricht or Groningen the furthest places you can go in 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 the Netherlands I'd be like yeah okay what time shall we meet so I think there is something about Amsterdam and maybe about capital cities that people think they're the best and I and that doesn't go down well here in Rotterdam
0: make me reflect on those kinds of rivalries that exist in other countries that I've lived in and it's really fun to try and understand what's going on there and, and why people have those really strong passions about where they're, they're living and what yeah. those cities are all about. So when you have friends or colleagues visiting Rotterdam, I wonder if you could talk us through some of the favorite places that you might recommend um, that they not miss on a visit. and I know that can be kind of tough. It's a big city, there are a lot of things to do. So I wonder if it's you know kind of fun to think about some categories of activities. What would you recommend to the art lover or the history buff oh, or the foodie? I, I, oh, I think if you're the art lover, there's one, the few
1: museums here, like really, really nice. They're a little bit cluttered together, but there's there's other ones as well. The Boymans von Berninga, unfortunately, is is closed now, but they have built a depot, and um, even if you don't like. Art, which I I doubt anybody would not, but go and see the depot because it's it's an interesting building and it's close to the Kunsthal, which is definitely worth visiting, and the the architectural museum, and the architectural museum is also worth visiting at night because they have a light. Yes, yeah, show is a bit of a strange word, but they have a there's lights that that change every night, and for like. A zillion of years, they will be able to have different uh, combination of light. So I would
0: definitely go and visit those three museums if you're an art lover. Fantastic. I've actually been to the depot and it is a fascinating building, as you say, from the outside, the reflective surface, but then yeah. inside these really interesting um installations of art in storage which you wouldn't think is interesting but they've they're really doing some amazing really done a a nice one yeah uh, we've brought we've brought people from uh uh,
1: who are visiting us from abroad and and what i love there's one exhibit where they show you how they store the paintings and how they ship them to other exhibitions. And you see the back end of the paintings, and you see the stamps and the stickers uh, of where they've been to other museums. And fascinating,
0: really fascinating to see. I totally loved that part of it as well. Really interesting. Okay, so for the history buff, would there be any specific ideas that you have? Well, I
1: think because of its history and the, the presence of the Second World War, go on a a tour and walk the city. If you walk the city, there's little lights in circles in the the floor, in the pavement. There's one with uh, blue light and there's ones with red light. And they both symbolize a fire. You can see a fire depicted in them. And there are the two different bombings that happened, one by the Allied forces and one by the Germans. And It it shows where the burning of the city was and you can follow the demarcation lines of the the fire. If you think of how huge that fire was, it even hit the zoo and the animals were wandering around. But if you find out how little casualties in fact there were for such a huge bombing, that's amazing um, to to think about. What's also nice is Delftshaven. Because Delft Half is a little bit outside of the city center, but Delft Half is where you would see how the former port, how the, the the water plays a role in the city. And that's a nice one
0: to see because it's very historic. Oh, really nice. Okay. And then one last category that always fascinates me, of course, is food. Uh, are there any must-have, must must-eat must items that would be on your list?
1: Oh, yeah, there's there's a whole list.
0: Um, <laughs> that's,
1: I, I I love uh, going out for dinner. I love sampling new kinds of food and I always thought that Amsterdam had a really nice combination of all kinds of kitchens but when we first went out here the level of surface is so much higher in Amsterdam if you would ask for something the standard answer would be no which is an answer you regularly encounter in the Netherlands by the way but here in Rotterdam the, the surface level is Definitely uh, better. What are places you definitely have to visit? It, it depends on how much money you want to spend. There's very expensive and uh, less expensive. But I think Vitte de Witte is a street in Rotterdam which has uh, all kinds of bars also, but all kinds of restaurants from more expensive to least expensive. Uh, and one thing that you have to try is kapsalon. It sounds disgusting. It is, in <laughs> fact, disgusting. But if you've been drinking a lot, it's the perfect cure to wake up with less headache the, the next morning. And it's a typical Rotterdam thing. Capsalon uh, means hairdresser. Uh, and I have to admit that an international student who at that point worked with me had to explain to me what it was because it was like why would a snack bar also be a hairdresser? <laughs> well, it was the hairdresser that used to order it. And it's all kinds of stuff put together. Uh, but it's a typical Rotterdam dish. And you can also sample that in the Witte de Vista. So you can try all kinds of kitchens in that street from Mediterranean to more Persian kitchen, Suriname, Indonesian, Chinese, Amsterdam, of not Amsterdam, Dutch food. Sorry, slip of the tongue here. <laughs> All kinds of, of different kitchens. So definitely uh, try that street. Wonderful. That's a fabulous tip.
0: So lots of, of wonderful resources and things to do and experience in Rotterdam, but of course, no place is perfect. So I wonder if you had if you could change one thing about your city, what would it be?
1: Um what I would change is it is starting to change already but what I would really like to see is people getting out of their cars Rotterdam is a city because the heart was gone um, they made big streets which is not a very common thing for those of you that know Dutch cities and 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 they all were like wow we have these streets we better use them and I think Aside from the environmental impact, you miss so much of a city if you go by car from uh, point A to point B. So what I would love to change is people cycling more, but it is happening already. And they're closing big streets and they're trying to make an environmental impact there as well. So I think that would be my main thing that I would change.
0: Great. That'll be an interesting development to watch as well. Uh, Last question for you and really directly related to our EAE audience. From your status as a real insider in in Rotterdam, what do you think makes Rotterdam an interesting city in relation to the field of international education?
1: There's there's a wide variety of uh, higher education institutions, so that makes it an interesting one. Um, You have, of course, Erasmus University, which is more the the, the top-end research university. There's a big medical centre, but there's also... Codarts, the uh, University of the Arts, which has a circus department, for instance. So it's there's really a wide coverage. Hogeschool Rotterdam. There's all kinds of different areas of the applied university. So in that sense, it makes it a really interesting city because, well, really from circus to uh, becoming a, a medical doctor, it's all covered in in Rotterdam.
0: It sounds like there really is something for everyone, and I can't wait to see you in Rotterdam in 2023. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Okay, I hope you all going to enjoy
1: Rotterdam 2023.
0: That was Nanette Ripmeister, a longtime EAE member with a special passion for the EIE's 2023 conference city, Rotterdam. Our session notes include a list of terms and Rotterdam resources that Nanette mentioned in our chat. And of course, we provide a link to more information about the EIE's 2023 annual conference and exhibition. If Nanette has piqued your interest in Rotterdam for next year, we'd like for you to know that the call for proposals will open in the coming weeks. Please visit the EIE website for more information about the theme, types of sessions, and timeline for submitting your proposal. In the meantime, there's still time to upskill and round out your professional development for this year. The Autumn Online Academy will be taking place over the coming months with the first course on the subject of Designing Learning Outcomes for Traineeships Abroad happening over two half days on October 10th and October 12th. In this highly practical and engaging course, you'll gain insights into various methods for assessing learning outcomes, as well as explore best practices to maximize your transnational traineeships for optimal skill gain for your students and their future employers. Please visit the EIE website to secure your place in this and the other upcoming courses. As for our podcasts, we look forward to having you join us again when our next podcast airs in two weeks' time. In the meantime, all good wishes to you from the EIE.